Ephesians 6 verses 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Amen. Now, the reason why I've read you the scripture is because over the next few episodes, we're going to be talking about this spiritual armor and weaponry that all believers should have available to them in this crazy spiritual battlefield that is the world we live in. The aim of this series is to demystify and make the armor and weapons that God has provided for us simple to understand and, quite frankly, easier to use. I'm Jaden, and I'm going to be your guide as we equip ourselves for the coming victory. Welcome to God's Armory. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome once again. Thank you for joining me here on the Reconnect podcast. This is the official English podcast of Shintonji Church of Jesus. And you're here with me. My name is Jaden. It's such a pleasure to be able to be spending this time with you. I'm kind of transcending space and time <laughs> to be in your ear at the moment, whatever you're doing. If you're out and about, at home, in your car, wherever you are, Uh, It's such a pleasure that we can be sharing God's word together right now in this time. And so, as you know, here on the Reconnect podcast, we're diving deep into the Bible, looking at all the nooks and crannies there are that the Bible has to offer, and looking at it only from the perspective of the Bible. Recently, we've been going through the series about the armor of God, and we've named our series Welcome to God's Armory. So far, we've already looked at the belt of truth and most recently, the breastplate of righteousness. And if we recall about the breastplate of righteousness, we talked about how the function of a breastplate is to guard our hearts, right? Physically, that's what a breastplate does. But then also spiritually as well. A breastplate is guarding our heart, the wellspring of life and the place into which we should be putting God's word. God's word is also God's spirit in life. So if it's living there in our heart, of course, we need to guard our heart to keep God's spirit in life with us through his word. 
And so when it's talking about this breastplate of righteousness, well, we remember that righteousness is not only referring to our human standards of goodness or morality, but rather it refers to God's righteousness, his righteous acts, meaning his fulfillment of everything he has promised. God promising something and then fulfilling it, this is God's righteousness. God does what he says he will do. That is his own righteousness. And so then now if we go and take a look at the next item of armor that is written in Ephesians 6, right? We're going to look at the footwear that God has provided for us because running into battle barefoot doesn't seem like the best of ideas. In fact, walking around barefoot can be quite dangerous depending on where you live. One misstep and we might find ourselves unable to move. I always have this chilling story uh, that my mum used to tell me in order to scare me to always wear shoes properly because as a child I always wanted to go out and just wear bare feet. She always told us of this friend, they were just walking along the street and just didn't see what they were walking on and stood on a needle and ugh, for some reason that's always stuck with me and uh, maybe it's just me, I've always preferred to wear shoes rather than anything else from then on. But of course, even more so in a war, how much should we be protecting our feet, right? It reminds me of uh, Achilles' heel, you know, the famous story of where this warrior who was so powerful seemed like he had no weakness, but if only he had an ankle guard <laughs> protect him from his uh, fatal weakness. However, I'm getting distracted. We're talking about the footwear that the Bible mentions in Ephesians 6. And footwear is helping us to move, move forward, right? And just like that, God is always moving forward towards his goal as well. And if God is moving towards his goal, we need to move with him. If we can't walk or if we can't run because our spiritual feet are injured, then we can end up in some serious trouble. Maybe we can't move in the same direction and in the same path that God is moving in. So let's take a closer look. Let's actually begin by reading the scripture again. I'm going to read Ephesians 6, uh, verse 14 and 15, as it talks about the pieces of clothing or the items to be equipped with that we've already gone over. It reads, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. All right, our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. <laughs> How does that work? How do we put the, the readiness of the gospel of peace onto our feet? This is what we're going to look into today. So then let's start by looking at this word gospel. Right? This word gospel, I'm sure you're all very familiar with the gospel, sharing the gospel, right? the good news of the gospel. The four gospels, <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right? So what is this word gospel and where does it actually come from? Well, the modern English word gospel comes from the Anglo-Saxon word God spell, which just means good story. But this is actually a translation of a Latin word, evangelion, which comes from a Greek word, euangelion. This has both the meaning of a reward for bringing good news or the actual good news itself. That was the meaning of uh, evangelion or gospel as we know it today. 
So the good news, this good story, this good news is referring to the fulfillment of the promises of the Old Testament. What Jesus came to fulfill, what he did fulfill, this great news of the Old Testament being fulfilled, it is precisely what the early disciples understood when they encountered Jesus. Let's read John chapter 1, verse 44 to 45. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, this is good news because this is exactly what the entire Jewish faith had been waiting for since the time of Moses. All of their scripture was pointing to this moment in time where the Messiah had come. At the time when Jesus came, the Jewish people were at first very eager to follow and listen to Jesus, as you can read in John chapter 6. But once it became clear that he was not going to be the political leader that they wanted, the one who would liberate them from the Roman occupation, they rejected him. This is a great warning for us who have the very great benefit of hindsight. Let's always remember that God's ways are not like our ways. Isaiah 55 verse 8 to 9. If we read God's promises in scripture and then apply our own understanding to it, and then expect God to fulfill his promises according to our own desires or expectations, we are almost certainly going to find ourselves out of step with his plans. God is always moving forward towards his goal, and we need to be sure that we are ready to move with him. Okay, we'll come back to this idea of readiness a bit later as well. It is worth mentioning that the only reason the disciples followed Jesus was the fact that he fulfilled the promises in the scriptures that they had already possessed. It wasn't like Jesus just appeared out of nowhere, had a cool teaching, cool new teaching, and all the disciples decided to get in on this kind of new and exciting branch of Judaism. No, they weren't some new age religionists who were just seeking for that in the first place. Rather, they believed in Jesus because they already believed in the promises that God had made in the Old Testament. They were ready to move at the time when God moved. So just like that, we ourselves, we also need to prepare ourselves so that we're also ready like they were. Although it's a little intimidating, isn't it? <laughs> we, we always want to move in our own time. We always want to plan our life in our own time. Yet time and time again in the Bible, when God moves, we have to move with him. And it's not always in the same timing that we have for our own life. Like I just mentioned, at the time of the first coming, most of the believers, they were static when it came to moving with Jesus, when they realized that Jesus wasn't the Messiah that they wanted him to be. Rather, it was the disciples. Realizing that Jesus was the fulfillment of God's promises, they were able to be ready to get up and move in the same direction as God and Jesus when they realized that this was God's plan, not their own plan. For most believers today, in our time, while the Gospels, the four Gospels, it seems like a collection of stories about Jesus long ago, we have, for the most part, separated it from the very element that gives it its spiritual authority 
namely that the events recorded in this good news are the physical events that fulfilled the promises God made hundreds, even thousands of years earlier. Without the promises of the Old Testament, there is simply no reason for anyone to believe any of the stories of the New Testament or to believe in Jesus. It's as simple as that. Many of us today believe in Jesus because we were raised in Christian households. That's how it was for me. Or because we had some kind of emotional experience or spiritual experience that led us to identify the gospel message as the truth. Now, this is all good and well, and actually we're quite lucky to have been brought to God's word in whatever way we were brought to it. But ultimately, there is a much deeper reason to believe. And not superficially believe, but believe with our whole heart. We should not just believe because of our experiences or traditions, or what we grew up with. We must believe because we have understanding of God's word. Remember, John chapter 1 verse 1. God is the word. By understanding and having the word with us, we are having God with us. Now, this is a point we'll come back to again and again during this series on the armor of God. Because being equipped with a full and clear understanding of God's word means to be filled with God's spirit and God's life. The ultimate protection for our spirits, as well as the ultimate weapon with which to overcome the deceitful words of Satan or the serpent. Understanding that the gospel is a record of the fulfillment of the prophecies of the Old Testament means that we too should be ready and equipped with the prophecies left to us in the New Testament. We are now put in that same situation where we are also waiting for our Messiah, just as the Jews were at the time of the first coming. And so this is why we need to be ready, ready to move in the direction of God, not in our own direction according to our own desire of how we want the scriptures to fulfill. This is how the gospel itself produces readiness in us. Just like it said in Ephesians 6, the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. But let's first take a look at why the good news that God had fulfilled his promises is related to the idea of peace. Now here, peace is not simply the absence of war or conflict in this context, because we're talking about armor that we need to wear specifically as a result of the spiritual war. Wearing this armor doesn't suddenly make it that we're not in a war, right? In Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, it reads, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace that guards our hearts. What is this peace that can guard our heart? The peace that guards our hearts is the certainty that God has fulfilled all the promises he made in the past, and he will surely fulfill the promises he has made regarding our own time. This is quite closely related to what we discussed last time, right? In the breastplate of righteousness. In terms of bringing that concept to the idea of shoes, consider that the peace and stability we feel when we know that we can trust God to fulfill his word, and then the certainty that comes from actually knowing his word so that we are able to discern good from evil, provides us with the very firm footing that we need in the context of our spiritual battle. We are not fighting against flesh and blood, right? 
Although we are talking about armor and war, these things are spiritual and we need to understand them spiritually. Meaning our battle is against spirits. And if God's word is his spirit, then the lies of the enemy are the spirit of Satan. This means that every false or twisted word, even words taken from the Bible but presented from a skewed perspective or interpretation other than God's original intention, are the spirits against which we fight in this spiritual war. So knowing God's word and knowing that God has always fulfilled his word in the past, that is knowing the gospel and why it is such good news, this can give us the peace, the peace in our heart and certainty that God will also fulfill the promises he has made in the New Testament. And this brings us back to the idea of readiness. So what is readiness? Getting ready in the morning, right? Being prepared. It's being prepared to do something as a result of being equipped with the good news that God has fulfilled his promises. So ready for what? Well, actually, when I think of being ready and, uh, and thinking about uh, the Bible, uh, the Bible and being ready, there are three passages that immediately spring to mind. Uh, one in Exodus, Exodus 12, one in Matthew 24, one also in 1 Peter 3. Firstly, the one in Exodus. Well, Exodus 12 is all about the Passover. Perhaps you're quite familiar with this story. When the Israelites were being held in Egypt, God commanded them to eat a very specific meal on the night when he promised to lead them out of Egypt. As part of that meal, they were instructed to eat it in, a, in an extremely specific way. They should eat it in haste and be ready to leave in fact, if we read verse 11, it says, This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Right, so they even had to eat it fully clothed, ready, with their shoes on, ready to leave. Right? This Old Testament event is a kind of foreshadowing for something that Jesus promised would happen again at the time when the New Testament prophecies were fulfilled. We can read about that in Matthew chapter 24. Before we read a passage from this chapter, it might be a good idea to get a better idea of this context. Jesus is answering his disciples' questions about the end of the age and his second coming. In answering their questions, he gives them a number of signs, prophecies and promises about what is going to happen in the future. Among the signs, he tells his disciples that at some point, God's temple is going to be occupied by the abomination that causes desolation. At that time, people are told to flee to the mountains without going down into their houses or out into the fields to get anything that they may have left behind. This, along with many other prophetic passages in the New Testament, is an instruction for us as believers to be ready. Matthew 24, verse 42 to 44 states it quite clearly. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Jesus says it quite clearly, you must be ready. There is even more about this being ready. 
in more details given about how we can be ready for this move in Matthew 25. But we'll we'll have a look at that another time. For now, let's look at the last verse I want to touch on about being ready or being prepared. Because all of these so far in Exodus and Matthew 24, it's talking about big things that God is going to do. right? And when God moves, we have to move. But how can we feel confident? How can we feel sure that, can I really move when God wants me to move? (laughs) But I'm quite comfortable in my life. Think about actually the Israelites in the time of Exodus. They would have, some of them would have settled in Egypt. Even though they were in slavery, that doesn't mean it's just easy to get up, leave everything you have, leave your house, leave your whole livelihood that you've known and just leave to some unknown place. There must have been something in them to make them feel ready to move. Likewise, the disciples, they got up and left everything. Jesus said to the disciples, come, follow me. (laughs) They left their jobs. They left their families and just followed Jesus. What made them so ready to be able to do that? It was the peace of knowing that God has fulfilled all the promises he's made in the past and is going to fulfill all the promises he has made for the future as well. So let's read 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 to 16. It reads, But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Meaning we need to be prepared to to answer why we believe in this. Why we are ready to move with God's will. Even when it doesn't align with our own will. To sacrifice our own will and go and move with God. So what do we need to be ready for? We need to be ready to act in accordance with God's word when he moves. Just like how God's people in Egypt were on the night of the Passover. And like how Jesus warns us in Matthew 24, Matthew 25, we must always be ready. And then here in 1 Peter 3, we have to be ready to testify about what God has done. This is really important for us as believers today. We have the examples of how the Old Testament prophecies were fulfilled at the time of the first coming. And we have prophecies in the New Testament that we believe will be fulfilled by God at his appointed time. In Matthew 24, Jesus tells us that nobody, not even he himself, the son, knows when these things will be fulfilled. So we must be ready. In fact, it says that the Son of Man will come at the time that we least expect it. (laughs) When is the time that we least expect it? Usually it's in our time, right? In our time, that's the time when we least expect it. So if all the more we should be ready. How can we be ready? Well, we should know the promises so that when we hear a testimony about how God has fulfilled them, we could be like the Bereans in Acts 17. Weigh the testimony or what we witness against the promises recorded in the prophecies. Remember that verse we spoke about, must be a while back, 2 Peter 1, verse 19 to 21. It says, And we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it. As to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, 
but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. These verses, they remind us about the purpose of prophecy itself. And coupled with the gospel we have already received, if we equip ourselves fully, we will be secure in our faith and will not be easily deceived by people coming at us with fancy theories or teachings. Jesus warned us about this kind of situation in Matthew 24. In fact, it's one of the first things he said. He said, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. So if we equip ourselves with this knowledge, and the knowledge of how prophecies were fulfilled in the past, as well as with a thorough knowledge of what God has told us about his plan for the future, then when the time comes, we will know what questions to ask, what details to check, and how to go about testing whether the words we hear are from God or not. And if those words are from God, we will be ready to move. Our feet will be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Right? Just as if we were wearing the footwear crafted from the word of God, as we read in Ephesians 6. So if you would like to be ready, if you would like to be equipped with this fancy footwear, better than any kind of branded shoe you can get out there on the street, if you'd like to be equipped with the footwear from God, then please come and study with us. If you get in contact with us, we can surely put you together with someone who can teach you these things about the Bible, teach you about the prophecies, teach you about how God is the word, so that we can come to an understanding of the prophecies and its fulfillment and be prepared to move when God is moving. Let's not miss. Let's not miss it like the the time of the first coming when the Pharisees, the Jews at that time, they were sure about their own version of the Messiah. Rather, let's be like the disciples, ready and waiting so that when we hear the testimony of how God is moving, how God is fulfilling his promises, we can get up and run to our Lord Jesus. Right. Thank you so much for joining me today uh, on another episode of Reconnect. I'm really praying that we can be those who can put Ephesians 6 into action, equip ourselves with God's word, the prophecies and their fulfillment, and be those who overcome in this spiritual battle. I'm praying for all of you, all of those who are listening to this podcast right now. Let's really become one in the word and overcome our enemy so that God can be victorious in this spiritual battle. I'll see you next time on our next episode of Reconnect.